Hello, my name is Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family. And today, we're going to talk with Kenny, who is going to share his story about finding his birth family. So welcome to DNA Discoveries, Kenny. Thank you so much for having me on. This is terrific. It's all by happen chance that I have you on as a guest this week, and kind of an interesting little fact, I suppose you could say, is that I do a, a Catholic podcast because I'm a priest uh, for full-time. You know, that's what I really do, and I do this other little podcast mm-hmm. telling family stories uh, on the side as a little hobby just because it's something that I became very passionate about. And I interviewed your wife uh, a few right. a year ago, and she converted to Catholicism. Maybe you converted to Catholicism with her, and it was right at the Easter yep. vigil. And I wanted to interview somebody that was converting to Catholicism. So uh, I'm kind of a, a personality on Twitter, and uh, I follow her on Twitter. I follow lots of people on Twitter, and I saw her tweet something, and she was kind of tweeting about you. And she was sharing, like, you met your family and everything began to connect after that. But she wanted mm-hmm. to make a spiritual principle. And so she made that spiritual point. But I didn't see spiritual point in tweet number three in the thread. I just saw tweet <laughs> number one. I'm like, I want to talk to your husband. I want to tell his story on this new podcast that I started. It just so happened I didn't have a guest lined up for this week. And I'm like, maybe he will tell his story. So it was kind of all by happen chance, but <laughs> happy to be talking with you today. Yes, absolutely. It's wonderful, and uh, love those serendipitous uh, opportunities that come up that God puts together. So this is really great. So maybe the first question as we talk about your discovery of your birth family. When you married your lovely wife, it was in your first year of marriage that she tweeted that you first met any of your birth family. So first of all, how many years have you been married to her? And secondly, who who raised you? Who was your primary caregiver growing up then? Yeah, uh, my wife and I were married in December of 1992. So that means we're going on 28 years of marriage this year, um, which means that I began and uh, my my pursuit, my journey to find and discover my birth family when I was about 24 years old, and uh, we'd only been married a year, and uh, I was raised by my adoptive family. I was raised in, a, in an adoptive family. I was adopted when I was eight months old, um, so as far as my, you know, my normal memory goes, I don't really have any memories um, before that time. I, I remember my, my adoptive family as my family. And I was adopted by uh, my mom and dad, uh, like I said, when I was eight months old. And they had already adopted uh, another girl who's my older sister. Um, We're both adopted from different families. And um, she is about two years older than me. And then my my parents, still unable to have uh, biological children of their own, adopted me. And then a couple of years later, they had my brother as a biological, as their, as their birth son. So we have two adopted kids and one biological kid in our family, a family of five. And uh, that's the family I grew up in. It's the family I know. It's, it's, you know, when I think of mom and dad and brother and sister, I, I think of them because that, that's who they are. 
Well, that's so great. And to hear that story that they were unable to have children for a while, but then somehow by God's grace, by God's gift, they were able to have a child of their own and uh, to, yeah. to have both uh, perspectives there, both as adopted parents, but then as biological parents as well. Now, they adopted you at eight months of age. So when they went right. through that process of adoption, was it through an adoption agency? Was it through foster care? How did they come to find you eight months after you were born? Yeah. Well, I was in, we, we all were in California, and my adoption was through the state of California, through the through the county uh, in Los Angeles, and I had been placed into foster care uh, at birth. I was I was given up at birth, you know, at, in the hospital. Um, I, and I learned the story later of exactly what happened when I when I met my birth mother. But I was given up on the day that I was born, and uh, immediately, you know, when I could be released from the hospital, I was placed into a foster home. And um, that's where I stayed. I stayed with one family from from what I know until I was eight months old. And then the county found my parents, you know, through their screening process that they had back in, you know, 1970, 1971. Um, They found my family and they went through the process and placed me with them. And uh, then I was I was adopted. I was brought into into the family that I grew up in. And how did you find your birth family then? What was the motivation uh, maybe <laughs> behind looking for them when you were 24 years of age? Uh, you know, yeah. right now, so for example, people today, they they spin in a tube, they send it off to Ancestry DNA, to MyHeritage, to 23andMe, and then they get a report back, and then they try to match you with some of your, <laughs> your family. And that probably would have been a lot easier, perhaps. I don't know your story, but you're doing this at a different point in history. So what was that search right. like, your motivation? Uh, why did you want right. to find them? Yeah, DNA was part of this process, but it was after I had already located my family that we that we involved DNA. You know, this is, uh, which would have been typical, you know, once DNA w- was was um, a tool that could be used, but when I found my biological, my birth family, that wasn't the way anything was done. Um, what happened for me, and, and you'll appreciate this, you know, as as a, as a pastor and as a priest, um, I we were actually in church, and uh, we we weren't Catholic at the time. We were, we were going to a, a non denominational church um, in the city where we lived. And I had always thought about finding my my birth family. I was always curious about them. My my parents were very open about the fact that we were adopted. They let me see all the adoption papers when we were growing up. So there were no names on those. You know, there I, there was no traceable um, personal information, but there was you know by um, let's call it background information about their eye color and their hair color and what they were interested in and you know just different things like that and even their faith they were both catholics interestingly and um and so these are all things these are all things that i was aware of when i was growing up and then after i got married you know i i thought about it a lot and shared it with my wife and we were sitting in church one sunday morning and our pastor started talking about um our identity as children of god and 
and he used this analogy of, you know, you should be able to tell who God's kids are, <laughs> you know. And then, and then he said, you know, if you, if you saw, if, if my son and I were somehow separated when he was born, and he walked into the room, um, you know, when he was an adult, and I walked into the same room, and you saw us both walk in together, you would look at him and you would look at me, and you would say, hey, those two are related. <laughs> you know, look, they look the same. You would, you would just know. And, of course, he was using the analogy that people should just be able to look at our lives and see that we're, that we're children of God. But I received that message in a totally different way, and I started crying in church. And I mean, like, really crying in church, so much so that my wife was was trying to, you know, find out what was going on with me, and our pastor stopped preaching and kind of looked over at me, and I went up to him after the church service was over to explain myself, and he said, well, what's going on? And I said, I don't know my birth family, but it would be amazing to walk into a room and see somebody who looked like me. And uh, so he said, well, let's pray. Maybe God's, you know, maybe God's doing something here. And so we, you know, he prayed for us. And then when we got home from church that day, I told my wife, I need to go for a walk. I need to, I need to think about this and pray about this. And so I started walking around our neighborhood and just praying and saying, I don't know why I'm experiencing this. I don't know why this is so, you know, heavy. Um, but my question basically was, God, can I look for my biological parents? Um, because I, I didn't want to do anything in my life that seemed like disobedience to God or that seemed like I would be doing something wrong, you know, toward God, my family, or anyone. And so I just said, it, it, you know, can I, can I look for them? Can I find them? And here is what I believe God spoke to my heart while we were walking around. I, I feel very strongly, and I've shared this many times, that God said, or God made clear to me that the answer was, yes, but you need to know that it doesn't change who you are if you find them. And, and this maybe will come up later as we talk, and you have become the person that you were born to be. Yes, it doesn't change who you are, and you have become the person that you were born to be. And at the time, I kind of thought, well, yeah, sure. Uh, but that message, that that idea would be important later <laughs> as I began to, you know, go through the um, reunion experience. And what I, what I did when I went home is I, I shared all this with my wife, and she said, well, what are you going to do? You know, there's no way to find these people. They are, um, you know, it's a closed adoption. It's sealed, you know. And I said, well, I do have the adoption papers, and I have the address of the of the office, you know, that adopted me. So I photocopied all of my adoption papers and I wrote a letter. And in my letter, I said, Hey, you know, this is me. Here are my adoption papers. Here's my case number. 
here's my birth certificate, here's my name. Um, if there's any way that you can help me connect to my birth family, I would be grateful. And I sent it. I sent it in the mail with a prayer. Well, what I learned, what I learned when I was reunited with my birth family is that the same week, the exact same week that this happened to me, my birth father was in church all the way across the country in another state. He was in church. And while he was in church, and he was, he was Catholic, and he, he wasn't married to my birth mother. They didn't, they didn't marry each other. Uh, he was, he had married someone else and started a, you know, a family and, and he lived in, uh, the same area where he had met my birth mother decades earlier, but he was in church and he saw a woman standing a couple of rows in front of her. And he thought to himself, Hey, that looks like, and then he thought of the name of my mother's mother. Um, that looks like her. And he went up to her and he asked her, are you so-and-so, um, this girl's mother? And she said, yes, I am. And he said, well, I dated your daughter for a while, you know, a couple of decades ago. How's she doing? <laughs> and she, she said, well, she lives right here and, you know, and here's her number. And he called my, my birth mother, my birth father called my birth mother, having been given the telephone number by my maternal grandmother in church and he called her and he said remember me <laughs> she said of course and he said to her there was a there was a child you know um you know back in 1969 and i remember it you know um and again we're talking 1993 here so i was 24 at the time and she said yeah of course, you must remember that he was given up for adoption. And he said to my birth mother on the phone, we got to find him. Oh, my <laughs> so, gosh. So she said, what are you talking about? We've given this child up. You know, they hadn't had any conversation or communication in two and a half decades. And he says, we got to find him. And she says, well, why? He said, well, he deserves to know, you know, where he comes from and, and who he is. And she said, I don't have any way to do that. And he said, well, what, do you remember, you know, where he was? And she remembered the, the, you know, the county of Los Angeles, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm writing my letter to say, hey, if anyone ever looks for me, you can, you know, look me up. He writes a letter the same week, includes a photograph of himself and says, my name is so-and-so. I gave up, you know, relinquished a child um, in 1969 under these circumstances if I can do anything to connect to this child, and if, you know, there's any way that he can uh, be put in touch with me, I give my permission. So you have to imagine a caseworker. Getting both of these <laughs> things in oh, the same oh, week. Exactly. Opening the mail and getting a letter from the son and the father in the same week saying, if anyone ever tries to look me up, I'm cool with it. So this caseworker called me first. It was it was a Tuesday morning. We were awakened by the Los Angeles County of Adoptions, and I'm laying in bed and asking me all these questions about my background. You know, or, <laughs> have you ever been in jail? <laughs> and just all these things, you know. And I, you know, went through the whole interview and I said, "Well, what's this about? You know, you're asking me a lot of questions." She said, "Well, I got your letter, and you know, I've opened a." 
file on you here and and i just need to you know make sure you are who you say you are and all that i went through the interview with her so when we were all done she said okay i have some information for you uh all right she said we got a letter from someone who is listed on your relinquishment forms from 1969 as your birth father we have a letter from him and it came the same week that your letter came. And he essentially says the same thing in his letter that you say in yours, that you're willing to be put in touch with each other. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, I can believe it. Sure. <laughs> Just, you know, because God works in amazing ways. But I said, are, are, you, are you serious? He said, yep. Uh, you, and if you would like to be put in touch with him, he's given me permission to give you his contact information. Wow. So I said, listen, I said, listen, I, I, I'm not going to contact him today, but send me everything you can and I'll think about it. I need some time to process this. So a few days later, I got a package in the mail from the Los Angeles County of Adoption, you know, or Child Services, whatever it was called at the time. And in it was the letter from my birth father to the county along with an explanation of his memories, you know, from 1969 and what happened, and a photograph of him. And I pulled it all out, and I didn't look at the photograph. It was, it was buried in the paper, but I could tell there was a picture in there. And as I saw it, I picked up the phone and called my mom, my, my adoptive mother, you know, who, who lived in another state at the time, and I said, Mom... You're not going to believe it. I'm sitting here holding a letter from a person who may be my birth father, and I have a picture of him. And I don't want to look at the picture until I have someone on the phone who, you know, who I can talk to. I, I, I was alone in the house at the time. My wife was at work. So my mom said, okay, I'm, I'm here, you know. And so I opened the letter, and I slide the photograph out, and for the first time in my life, I was staring at a face that looked like my face. Wow. It was like looking in the mirror. And I fell down, you know, into a ball of, <laughs> of uh, a heap of tears, you know, in the, in the living room. And my mom said, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? I said, yeah, yeah, it's him, it's him. He, you know, this guy is my birth father. I know it. I know it. I know it. And uh, I'm staring at this photograph. And so after, you know, the whole ordeal, I got back on the phone with the caseworker and I said, look, I think this person is my, my birth father. Um, and she said, well, listen, you're going to need to make sure because he's not sure, you know, this was 1969 um, it was a different world in terms of paternity tests and all that kind of stuff. And he isn't sure, you know, he, he, he remembers the situation, but he's not sure. And he doesn't want to make any commitments until he's sure. And she said, there's this thing called DNA testing and you can get a DNA test. And if you say to somebody now, oh, there's this thing called DNA testing, they look at you like, duh, you know, yeah. but, but, but. 1993, 94, this is a new idea for most people. And so, um, she, but she said, you, 
you know, you just need to know that it's, it's on you. Whatever you discover from this point forward is on you. And I'm, since you've both given your release, you're free to pursue this as you wish. So I called him on the phone that day. I called him and I said, you know, his name. And I said, I've got your picture here and, and I've got your letter. And I think you're my biological father. And he said, well, let's be sure, you know, I've, I've got a family, I've got children, I, this isn't, you know, this hasn't really been part of my life. <laughs> there's a lot, there's some splaining I got to do here, you know, to a lot of people, and but I'm, I'm willing to walk through it. And um, so we agreed together that we would take a DNA test, and we went through a genetic laboratory in the state of Maryland we you know you had to order the test and go to a lab and have blood drawn and we both did it and we got you know sent it off to the lab and a couple of weeks later we both got a report back in the mail that said there is a 99.9999999 percent chance that you are biologically father and son you know of course you get on the phone with the doctors and say well what's the point zero 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 one percent chance and they're like well we weren't there you know so <laughs> so <laughs> you know but but there's no way this is not your biological relative you know paternal relative and so that started a whole new conversation and i and it was through my biological father that i met my biological mother and he spoke with me on the phone after you know it was all um it was all confirmed who we were to each other and he said listen i have your biological mother's contact information but she does not want to contact you she feels that if there's going to be contact it has to be initiated by you because she gave up her right to have anything to do with with you when she relinquished you so if there's any contact you're going to have to initiate it and i said give me the number <laughs> you know and i called her i called her on the telephone and uh, she answered the phone and told me your name and I said this is Kenny um, and I said my birth father's name gave me your phone number and she just started crying mm. and she said I'm surprised she said I'm surprised you want to talk to me I'm surprised you want to talk to me you know I I gave you up I, I promised I would never interfere with your life uh, is you know so we had a lot a lot to talk about out. And of course, my first to her were, well, well, tell me the story. You know, it's what every adopted kid wants to know who knows they're adopted. Tell me the story. What happened? You know, but that that's a, a lot of information there. But, you know, woven into all of it, you know, from from the perspective of, of a believer, of, of, of a Christian, someone who believes in God is the guidance of God in the entire process. You know, I just think about both of us were in church when we had these things happen. And he was, he was Catholic. And, I, and I'll say this before we maybe go on to another question. When I flew in, you know, to the state where he lived, because he lived a, quite a distance from me in another part of the country, I flew to meet him and my birth mother. And he wanted to meet me at church. And I wasn't Catholic at the time. Um, but he said, I feel like it would be good if we met at my church. I said, well, where's your church? And he gave me the name of it. Oh, it was the Catholic church in his neighborhood. 
So the first time I ever set eyes on my birth father was when I walked into his church, you know, in his town, in his Catholic church. And, uh, of course, later, you know, uh, when I was 50 years old, 49, actually, I'm 51 this year, when I was 49, I became Catholic. And I, I took, um, as my patron saint, the name of my birth father, who's named after my patron saint. Um, and so there's just a lot of little little connections there. <laughs> In other words, my, my father's first name is the same name as my patron saint. Wow. Yeah, there's so and, much uh, there for us to talk about or just to break down. And uh, first of yeah. all, to, to meet him at the church, which is probably the same church that he had that epiphany where he saw the mother and, exactly. You know, so to be in that very exactly. place where he had his little God moment, his family moment, that's pretty incredible. Right. Um, right. Yeah. You know, I don't know how much you've read about this kind of stuff in terms of adoptions and family life and all of these things. There are birth mothers out there. There are birth fathers out there who know they've given up their children for adoption. And every year they might write a letter. They write a letter to uh, the adoption agency and they say, if my child ever reaches out, please give them this letter. Let them know that I'm thinking of them. And so that sure. happens. That's a, that's a part of people's story. But for you, the fact that he writes this letter the very week that you're going uh, to write your own letter, that you submit your own letter, it's just that's right. mind-blowing that no other exchanges had happened before time. him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it really, it, really was, it really was amazing. And you can look at it in terms of being a confirmation, you know, that God was really in it, you know, and there's lots of other reasons now, you know, all these years later, 25 years later, where I, where it makes sense to me why, you know, God would have wanted it to happen and, and would have been behind it all, you know? Um, so, so yeah, it really is pretty amazing. <laughs> the other thing that you said that really resonated with me and even my own story was after we found out who my mother's biological mother was, who her birth mother was that gave her up for adoption. Uh, we found this information out maybe back in 2012, 2011, maybe before that, who knows. And we ended up going, we visited the grave of the birth mother. Um, so we were yeah. able to get the name. They released it from the uh, impounded birth certificate, etc. And uh, so we did that. And one of my biggest regrets in my life, probably, even to this very day, was that that year I sent off an email to the public library in Superior, Wisconsin. I said, you know, hello, I don't know if you have any yearbooks from, uh, from this school or from the area schools, but if you do, would you be able to check, you know, 1966 or 69 or whatever the year was and send me the senior picture of this individual? Now... I sent the email, no one ever responded. Life goes on, I was in graduate school, I didn't follow up, okay? And probably oh, wow. my biggest regret of my life was that I didn't pursue it because my mother went to, went to her grave, she's passed away, she went to her grave knowing who her birth mom was, but she never saw a yeah. picture of her, okay? And this past year then, Last year, last August, actually just a year ago, I decided I'm going to make a trip. I had just found this long-lost cousin of mine that 
the same birth mother gave up another child for adoption. And so that lady, that daughter, um, goes on many years later to have a child who now is my first cousin. And uh, we found each other through Ancestry DNA. And because of that, that interests me. I'm like, I'm going to go find a picture of the birth mother now because we knew that our mother shared the same birth mother. I go up to wow. Superior. I go up to the public library. I tell the lady at the front desk, I'm like, well, I'm from five hours away. I live in Door County. I'm here because I want to look at yearbooks. I want to find a picture of my mother's birth mother. And uh, I told her my little story about finding my cousin and how we found out that both of them have the same birth mother. And looking at pictures of them, you can just see the, the family resemblance. And both of them yeah. have different fathers, mind you. So, so very heavy then on the mother's genes. The lady goes, right. she finds the yearbooks, she brings them out, she puts them down on the table, and she kind of wanted to stay there. She's like, is it okay if I stay here? I said, yeah, that's fine. You know, <laughs> It's probably better that I have somebody else uh, there at that moment. And uh, sure enough, I open, I open up the book that I thought would be the senior year picture. I go to the section, I find the last name, and there it is, a woman that is the spitting image of my mother, of my cousin's mom. It was just a, a very breathtaking moment. And, you know, there were tears that were shed yeah. in that moment. And I, I so can understand that moment of wanting someone on the phone, of someone being there. Immediately, I took pictures. I sent it to my best friend and I sent it to my cousin and said, look, the search is finally over. I have found a picture of the biological mother of, of my cousin and my mom's. And uh, it was a very powerful moment to have that image and to see what she looked like. And and uh, I wish, I wish that I would have done that sooner so that my mother may have seen a picture of her mom. But, of course, we believe in heaven and eternal life. And I can't help but think, I wrote this, I wrote a piece about this whole story of mine for All Souls Day. And just thinking about the heavenly reunion of a mother and her daughters at the, you know, yes. kind of, there's this story of St. Padre Pio. He says that I will stand at the gates of heaven until all my spiritual children enter. And so in my mind, for a mother that gives up a child for adoption, that's kind of what I imagine that they think of, that, that they're there. That's what I want to think of, at least, that they're there standing at the gates of heaven, waiting for the day that their child that they gave birth to, that they didn't know, uh, to come into eternal life. So that's, uh, yeah, what an incredible, what an Wonderful. amazing story. So you fly out, you meet your birth father, your birth mother, you meet them at this church. Uh, what was that like for you? How did, how did that experience go, I guess? Um, did you do anything after the church experience? Yeah, uh, yeah what was this family reunion, really an, a family reunion orchestrated by God? What was that like for all of you? Well, it was different for, um, I would say, for, for both sides, for my, my uh, birth mother's side and my birth father's side. Um, on my birth father's side, he came alone to the, to the church um, to meet with me because, you know, as, as you might be able to imagine, if you've, if you've gone, you know, two and a half decades of, of your married life and, and much of your family doesn't know about this other thing that happened to you when you were just a young man and it's something that you haven't shared and then it comes out 
um, people will respond, you know, in, in really different ways and sometimes not always positive. So he was doing a lot of work to try to, you know, build bridges with his family and get them um, up to speed and on the same page with him. And so he wanted to meet me alone. And um, we met alone. And I think that, you know, first meeting was just kind of, uh, is this guy safe? You know, he's thinking toward me. Is this is this young man going to be safe? Does he want something from me? Um, what's he like? Is he going to interrupt my family, cause problems? <laughs> Um, if so, I can keep him, you know, keep him at a distance. And so he and I had a really good chat together and we were staring at each other the whole time, looking at each other's faces. Cause we, you know, you're sitting across from somebody that looks like you. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it took both of us, you know, off guard, uh, to just have this other human being sit across from us. It's like the, you know, in some ways an older and younger version of yourself in many ways. And, uh, we, but we had a really, really terrific conversation. And I think we even prayed, you know, there in the church. And, and then when we were just about done with our visit, he said, well, where's your wife right now? And I said, well, she's at my grandmother, my biological grandmother's house. Um, and he said, well, my wife's at home. Do you think your wife would, would like to meet my wife? And would you like to go and, you know, share a meal together? I said, absolutely. So we, we went to the phone in, in the church uh, office, and I, I called over to the, this is before everybody had a cell phone, called over to my um, birth grandmother's house, asked my wife, and said, hey, he wants to have lunch. <laughs> we're we're going to come and get you. So his his wife um, came, and, and we all um, went and scooped up my wife, and we were all you know, driving to a restaurant together and I'm sitting, you know, I'm behind him. He's in front of me. I'm looking in his rearview mirror. I'm just looking at his eyes and it's like looking at my eyes and it's just really just powerful, you know? And my wife said, Oh, I'm so happy for you. And so we went and had lunch together and we're sitting uh, at the table and we're eating and we order the same thing off the menu and then at some point during the meal, um, I said, Hey, I'm, I'll be right back. I'm going to run to the men's room. I, I came back and then he left. Well, as I sat down and he's leaving the table, I say these words from a silly commercial from when I was a kid. I say, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. You know, I think it was from a Pepto-Bismol commercial or something like that. I can't believe I ate the whole thing because I'm having, you know, like, Oh man, that was a big meal. And we all laugh. And then my birth father comes back and he sits down at the table and he says, I can't believe I ate the whole thing. Oh, my word. <laughs> and he had not heard you say it. And, and both of our, right. And both of our wives just look at each other and look at us and start laughing, you know, and it's like, okay. Uh, and we found out that we had, we had lots of other things in common. Um, just, you know, as we compared notes. Um, and it, and it was positive for the most part. Um, I met a couple of his other kids. He had, had other children, um, besides me. And I met, um, a couple of his, of his daughters, but I didn't meet his other son. who's a couple of years younger than me, almost my age. And looks very, very much like me. I didn't meet him until about three years ago. 
um, because it was just really difficult. He had, you know, really been raised as the oldest and only son. And there I was, you know, a little older than him and not the only son anymore. And it was really tough, really tough for him. But a couple of years ago, he reached out to me and he said, I think we should meet. And he drove, he and I ended up only being just one state away at the time. He drove to, um, actually, we drove to see him first. And um, he greeted me at his front door and he just stared at me. (laughs) And then he gave me a big hug and we went in. And of course, there our wives are looking at both of us. You know, we're like, we're, we're not twin looking, but we're so similar in the way that we look. And then he drove down a little later, uh, a few weeks later, and spent several days with us at our home, just by himself, you know. He said, I, I just think I need to hang out with you. And we, I said, well, what do you want to do? He said, I don't know, what should we do? I said, well, let's do what we would do if we grew up together. And again, I'm in my late 40s at the time, and he's in his you know, early mid-40s. He said, well, what, what do you mean? I said, let's go eat junk food, drive around, and play video games. <laughs> so we spent the day you know we went and ate junk food and we went and found an arcade and we played you know the video games that were popular when we were kids and it just was fun you know we, we just had a really good connection there and um we haven't stayed in in real close touch over you know over the years but we've had some moments of connection that i think you know, just created the basis for more in the future, if more is possible. Uh, on my mother's side, um, she didn't. She told two of her sisters. She cause she was a teenager when when she got pregnant with me and gave me up for adoption, and she told two of her sisters, but she never told her mother. And she told one of her brothers. So a couple of her siblings knew about me. Her parents didn't know about me. And her father ended up dying, um, you know, before before she and I met each other. But she shared with her mom, you know, there's this child that I gave up when I was 19 years old. And I, she said, remember that trip I made out to California? Yeah, I remember. Well, there was a baby, you know. Because she's putting the pieces together. My, my biological grandma's putting the pieces together. Why is Joe coming up to me in church, you know, looking for you? And what's going on? You know, she said, we had a, a child together. What's going on here? And um, we had a child together. And so I met all of her side of the family. And in, it was very similar in the sense that a lot of, you know, in terms of look, and appearance and all this stuff very similar um, in appearance um, but two very different families in lots of ways and my biological mother my birth mother had two sons uh, that were younger than me half brothers and I ended up making a really strong connection with the youngest one my my younger maternal brother and then the uh, his older brother, he and I, you know, connected, and we've, we've spent time together. We've spent Thanksgivings together, things like that, but not such a strong connection, you know, relationally. Um, but when we, because they all lived in the same state, when we had that reunion experience with them, there, were, uh, there was a lot of effort made by both families, you know, to get to know us, to include us, to learn about us, and to, to embrace us and 
you know, to, to accept us as, as part of, uh, as part of the family, my wife and I as part of the family. And, um, but there, you know, as, as wonderful as all that was, it was also difficult, you know, cause we're adults. We were, we were adults at the time. And, um, but everybody tried really, you know, everyone gave it an incredible effort to make it a very positive experience. And I've stayed in touch with many of my biological relatives over the years. Um, I would say I probably have the most communication with my birth father and with the youngest son of my birth mother. Those are the two that I'm in regular communication with, if not weekly, monthly. And we, you know, we've taken trips to go and see them. We've had my, my, my brother and his wife and daughter stay with us. We've gone and stayed with them. We've gone on trips together. So there's a real, you know, brother relationship. There's a sibling relationship there that's grown over 25 years. You know, you can, you can build a relationship over that amount of time. For sure. Now the birth mom, the birth father, are they still alive or have they passed? Yep. Both of my biological parents are still alive. My birth, my birth mother is still alive. She, I, she's single now and um and she lives one state away from me um and then my birth father is still alive along with his wife and 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 their kids and they also live one state away from from us and um again like i said they were never married to each other um but they they both live in the same state and we live one state away and um so yeah they're they're all still alive now my my adoptive father, the father who raised me, died uh, in 2013, um, about a month before his birthday in 2013. And my brother, who you know who I was raised with, my brother called me to tell me. And um, after I hung up the phone with with my brother, and after I talked to my mom, the first person that I called was my biological father. I called him, and he said, what's going on? I said, my dad died today. And he said, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I said, I I just wanted to call you, you know? Sure. <laughs> it was just like I had, a, I had a father I could call when I lost my father, <laughs> wow. which is really kind of a really an interesting thing to be able to do that. You For know? sure. So, so unusual, so crazy. But be wonderful to be able to do that. So this, he was very encouraging, you know, to me. And this reunion between your birth mother, birth father, that started back in the the mid nineties, continuing yeah. to this very day. Then uh, your birth father, your adoptive father, passing away a few years ago. How did they take this search and this discovery? Did they think it took away from their relationship, or were they very happy that you had this newfound additional family? Well, I think initially they went through what any parent would go through, some some insecurity. You know, does this mean that our son is rejecting us now that he has access to these people? You know, because they, you know, they they sacrificed their whole whole lives to adopt us and raise us as their own children. And then here I am, you know, in my mid-20s, heading off to search for my biological family. But they were always supportive. They were always supportive. 
supportive, but but it was tough emotionally because I think, like I said, they they wondered, well, what does he what does he want from this? Is he going to replace us? Is he going to pretend that you know our lives never happened? And and so there were you know there were some bumps along the way initially, but they took an active interest. You know, when I would show them pictures, they were always very engaged, saying, "Oh wow, you look so much alike." and and they wanted to know everything and they, you know, by staying interested and by being positive, it made me feel like they were part of the process, you know, and it was safe. They, as tough as it was, uh, they, they made me feel as safe as they possibly could. Um, and, you know, all through the years, all the way up till my father died and even now to this day with my mom, um, there's there's nothing that has interrupted um you know our, our our relationship as parent and child like they they haven't ever been replaced <laughs> if that makes sense so they were very supportive you know very very supportive along the way and lastly and that, and that made it really easy sure and lastly, maybe, let's just talk about your wife, because your wife was there, she walked with you through this, she was a part of this all, she went with you. What did she yeah. make of all of it? What does she make of it even to this day? Well, I think in the early stages, it was hardest on her because I was going through a lot of identity crisis and we were a young married couple. And there was a lot less information about these things, you know, 25 years ago than there is now. And so we didn't really have a guidebook. We didn't have a lot of support in terms of, you know, disinterested third parties who could counsel us and advise us. Everybody was friends and family, you know, so we didn't, we didn't have, you know, therapist or counselor or support group or anything like that. So my wife had to watch me go through all this and in a lot of ways took the brunt of some of the difficulties that I had, you know, with my identity and imbalances that I had in, you know, the relationship with my birth family in the initial stages. And it was tough on her and on our marriage um but she hung in there and and you know became an integral part of the process and really stepped up to help me and challenge me and keep me on track and remind me you know of where the boundaries are and and who's who to who <laughs> um and so now she is you know just wholly invested in the whole process and involved in the relationships at the same level as, as I am with, with birth family and very supportive. And, you know, she and I also adopted a little boy from Ukraine. And so we've become adoptive parents ourselves and we help our son, you know, with his issues. And I think just having walked through this together, um, both as adoptive, as an adoptive child, but also now as an adoptive father who has had a reunion experience, we've really been able to help our son, process a lot of stuff and um you know be be supportive to him so so she's she's right there with me <laughs> what an incredible story that you've shared with us over the last 48 minutes now just to share about your <laughs> own discovery of your birth father your birth mother all of the little intricate parts of the story and how they all came to be and happen. It's just a, a beautiful, marvelous story. And I hope so many people today will be inspired by it and, and really take something away from it. Yes, me too. It's really an honor to, uh, to be able to share here. And I, I want to thank you for making it possible. 
Yeah, well, thanks to your wife for making that tweet and it catching my eye and me thinking this would make a great episode, <laughs> I bet, and I need a guest. And hopefully he says yes, and you did. So so thank you so much for your time and sharing that story. Absolutely. God bless you. Today, we have been talking to Kenny about his discovery of his birth family, Each week on DNA Discoveries, I promise to continue to bring you these heartwarming stories. If you could do me a favor, please follow this podcast on Facebook. And also, if you could, please rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, or on whatever platform you listened. Tune in next week for another heartwarming story of DNA Discoveries, Stories of Finding Family.